This is a story from Greek mythology, and it's all about a king called Midas, and he had many adventures with the gods, not all, though, to his liking. Now, King Midas had a beautiful garden, and there was lots and lots of vines growing there, grapevines. But there was also beautiful flowers of all sorts of perfume, and it was a truly wonderful place with birds singing in the air, and it was beautiful, and the king loved it. Now one day he was walking around in his garden and enjoying the perfume of the flowers and picking a grape here and there and eating it, when he found a strange-looking man, a very strange-looking man who was stumbling around looking rather lost and not really knowing where he was. King Midas could tell by looking at him that this was not a mortal man, though. It was a satyr. Now that is a creature that was part human and part horse. He had a human body, but his legs were the legs of a horse, and he had a tail, and he had furry ears as well. And the old man was stumbling around. Now King Midas went over to him and said, "'Can I help you? Are you lost?' Oh, yes, he said, I I came into your garden here, and I fell asleep, and I, I don't know uh, where I am, or, or even where I should be. My name, he said, is Silenus, and I am a satire, and I am in the train of Dionysus, the god of wine. When Dionysus was a baby, his mother died, and he was given into the care of some nymphs, and I was his teacher, and I looked after him when he was just a little baby, and now that I'm old, he looks after me too. So King Midas set off with the old satyr, and they went to look for the god Dionysus, Old Silenus reckoned that he knew where he might be, so they went with him, and sure enough they found there Dionysus and all his attendants all dancing around and having a party. Well, Dionysus was delighted when he saw Silenus back. My old friend, he said, there you are. Where have you been? We were worried about you. Oh, I got lost, he said. I got befuddled again. But this man here, King Midas, has been very, very kind to me. He's treated me very well, and he's brought me back to you. I think that he should deserve a reward. Well, yes, said Dionysus. I believe he does deserve a reward. Thank you for looking after my old friend here and bringing him back to me. Now tell me, what would you like? I can grant you any wish you want. Well, Midas thought about this, and his thought immediately went to his treasury, where he kept all his treasure, and he thought of gold, and how much he loved gold, and how he valued gold above everything else. To him, gold was worth more than anything in the world. 
and he lusted after it, and he wanted more. My wish, he said, if you would be good enough to grant it to me, is I wish that everything I touched turned to gold. Dionysus frowned and looked at him and said, Well, I can easily grant you that, if that is the wish that you would like. Yes, said Midas, oh yes, I would love that more than anything else. Okay, so it shall be, and he granted him his wish. Well, the old king was delighted. And to test it out, he went over to an oak tree and touched it, and the oak tree turned to solid gold, with little golden acorns on it and golden leaves. Oh, it was a beautiful thing. And then he went back to his garden, and he touched the roses, and all the flowers there were the strong perfumes, and they all turned into gold, a beautiful, beautiful golden flower. But, of course, they were just gold. So there was absolutely no uh, no perfume with them. There was no smell. They were just gold. Well, he was happy with that. But then he was feeling a bit thirsty and a bit hungry. It had been a long way. He'd travelled with the old satyr. So he went inside and he ordered food. And he sat down. And, of course, his chair turned to gold as soon as he sat on it. He touched the table and the table turned to gold. And he laughed. This was brilliant. He was going to enjoy this. And then food was brought to him. There was some fine little cakes. And there was grapes and there was fine wine. Well, as soon as he picked a juicy red grape, he popped it in his mouth and, oh, oh, almost broke his teeth. It had turned to gold. So he thought, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So he tried a cake. He picked up one of the little cakes and bit into it, but, ow, his teeth again. The cake was solid gold. And he tried to take a drink of wine, but it turned to gold in his mouth. Just hard lumps. No good for him at all. He couldn't eat, he couldn't drink. And then a worse thing happened, because his little daughter, who he loved dearly, came running up to him, and as soon as he touched her, oh no, she was turned to a golden statue. And King Midas was so, so upset with this. I mean, his there, his beautiful little girl that he adored was now a golden statue, hard, cold, and dead. Well, he couldn't rest, because when he went to bed, was the bed turned to gold, but so did the blankets. The sheets above him turned into hard, heavy, cold metal. Everything was hard and horrible. So he despaired of what he'd done, of how foolish he'd been asking for that. So he travelled on again for a long way until he found Dionysus again, and he begged him to take back this gift that he had given him. Well, 
Dionysus looked at him and said, So you've had enough of gold then, have you? Oh, yes, he said. Oh, absolutely, yes. I would wish to undo many things that has happened. Well, he says, go down to the river that flows by the bottom of your garden. Go to the river Pactolus and wash in the river and the gift of the golden touch will be washed away with it and wash anything else that you would want to revive in that clean stream and they will return the way they were and so he went down to the river Pactolus and he went into the water and he washed and he could see the gold running down the river and it said that it created beautiful golden sand on either side of the banks. But then he picked up a pebble, and it was just a pebble. It didn't turn to gold. And so he had his lovely little daughter brought down, and they bathed her in the water, and all the gold ran away, and she chomped up again, just as good and healthy and strong as ever she was. And then King Midas had learnt a very valuable lesson, that gold was not the thing in the world that was most important to him. There was many other important things too, not just his family, but the small things as well, like food and drink. So he never wished for gold again. In fact, he never bothered visiting his treasury after that. He had no interest in things of gold. But he started leading a much more simpler life. He started going out into the fields where the shepherds were watching the flocks of sheep. And there he met the god Pan. Now Pan was another strange-looking character because he was had the body of a man, but he had the legs of a goat with a little tail. And he had curly brown hair and a pair of hairy pointed ears and horns. And he played on panpipes. That's where they get the name from. And he would play on these little pipes that he'd made for himself from some stems of a reed. Well, Midas loved Pan. And he went around with Pan wherever he went. But one day Pan said to the god Apollo, who was one of the really truly great gods, powerful gods, and famous for his beautiful music, he said, I'll take you on in a competition to see who's the best musician. Well, Apollo laughed, and everyone else laughed too, because they knew that Pan was only having a choke, him with his little rustic pipes. But Pan played on a golden lyre. It was a little stringed instrument, like a harp, and he had a golden one that was all engraved and beautifully inlaid with precious gems, and the music that he played on that was absolutely divine because it was it was beautiful it was wonderful and so 
they decided to have a contest. And uh, there was a mountain there called Tamolus. And there was a god inside the mountain also called Tamolus. And he was invited to be the judge. And so the two of them started to play Pan on his pipes and Apollo on his lyre. Well, everyone there, all the fauns and the satyrs and the nymphs, even the trees themselves started to sway backwards and forwards to the music of Apollo's lyre. They loved it. It was beautiful. And so the judge, Tmolus, laughed and said, Well, there is only one winner here, I am afraid, Pan, and that has got to be Apollo. Apollo's music is the finest thing that exists. Well, when King Midas heard that, he said, No, rubbish! No, that's not right. Pan's music is far better. He loved that simple, rustic music, the simple music of the shepherds. He had loved that so much that he couldn't see the beauty that was in Apollo's music. Well, everyone stared in amazement, and Apollo stepped forward and looked at him and said, So you think that Pan's music is better than mine? Yes, he says, I do. It is. It's far better. <laughs> well, said Apollo, you must have ass's ears. And with that, Midas could feel something happening in his scalp. It tingled, and then it became sort of furry and hard, and it started to grow, and he felt on his head, and he had grown a pair of ass's ears. Instead of his own ears, there was a pair of donkey ears. And he went and looked into the river and saw his reflection, and there he was with the ass's ears. And all the satyrs, the nymphs, the fauns, even Apollo and Pan, laughed and laughed at him. And he ran away in shame. He went back to his palace, where he really should have been all the time. And he had to disguise what had happened to him. So he took to wrapping some cloth around his head. And he devised a thing like a turban. And he wore that on his head ever after, never took it off. His wife never saw him without it. His daughter never saw him without it. No one did. All except one person. There was one person who had to see it. There was one person that he couldn't avoid hiding it from, and that was his barber. Now his barber that cut his hair obviously had to see his ass's ears. And he was told that he would be given a large sum of money as his wages if he was to keep the secret. And if he wasn't, if he didn't keep the secret, then Midas would have him put to death, killed. So the barber was sworn to secrecy. And sure enough, Midas was as good as his word. He paid him well, and the man prospered, his family prospered. But that secret was burning inside him. He was desperate to tell somebody, anybody, 
So, one day, he went down by the side of a river, and he dug a little hole in the ground, and he whispered into the hole, King Midas has ass's ears. Well, then he very quickly covered the, filled the hole in, to try to cover over the words, to keep them down there, hidden in the ground where no one could see them, no one could hear them, no one knew they were there. But what he didn't know was that there were seeds in that, in that soil. And he packed them down and he stamped on it to make sure that the words would stay where they were. And then he went away back up to his home, feeling relieved that he was able to say it at least. But those seeds started to grow, and they were reeds. And they grew up, a whole clump of little reeds. But when the wind blew in them, they would whisper. And they whispered, King Midas has ass's ears. King Midas has ass's ears. And so they did, and so the secret was out, because people heard that, and they started to tell others. And before long, the whole kingdom knew the secret of why King Midas always wore a turban on his head, because he had the ears of a donkey. <laughs>